you have the grace of God, you have the peace of God, you, you have the mercy of God, you have that, you have him in Jesus. We're going to look at the New Testament lesson for this morning uh, from Ephesians. I'd like to read again verse 16. I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. And let's pray. Father in heaven, may these words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, you who are our strength, our rock, and our redeemer. Amen. Well, just a bit of a disclaimer, I wrote this message with our graduate students in mind. And we do have one here this morning, uh, Royalton High School left on their senior trip this morning, so that kind of thinned out our ranks a little bit. But uh, regardless, if you have kids, if you have grandkids, I think you'll find something in this message for you, even though I intend it especially for our grads. Now here's a great quote. This is from a guy, he's a Baptist pastor, lived from about 1850 to 1925. His name was A.C. Dixon, and he said this, when we rely upon organization, we get what organization can do. When we rely upon education, we get what education can do. When we rely upon eloquence, we get what eloquence can do, and so on. But when we rely upon prayer, we get what God can do. Isn't that a great quote? That's what we want for you as you reach this milestone in your life of graduating from high school. We want what God can do for you. We want you to get what God can do. And so we're going to pray for you. And I encourage you, pray for your kids and pray for your, your grandkids. Now, here's something I've come to appreciate about my own uh, personal prayer life and praying, not only for praying for myself, but in praying for others as well. And you've maybe sensed this uh, in me and heard this from me before, but when I pray, I like to use Scripture when I can as the basis for my prayer. I like to have God give me the words to pray. And the reason I like to do that is because it guarantees something. It guarantees that not only is God going to hear my prayer and listen to my prayer, but it guarantees me that he's going to give me exactly what it is that I am asking for. Because you see, when I am praying God's words, I am lining myself up with God's will. And when I'm praying God's words, I'm seeking his list and not what's on my list. I'm asking for the things that I know he wants me to have because he's already said so. Let me put it this way, using an expression that, well, it'll date me, but maybe some of you have heard this expression before. You know how it is when you're visiting with someone and you say something and they look at you and they say, you just took the words right out of my mouth. 
And so today, because we want you to get what God can do for you, we're going to pray God's words for you and take the words right out of God's mouth and ask him to give you these three blessings that you would come to know Jesus even better than what you do right now. And that you would know the hope that you have in Jesus and the direction in life that you have in him. And that you would experience his powerful presence in your life. Those are the three blessings which God the Holy Spirit put on Paul's heart and inspired him to write them down in Scripture as Paul was praying for his brothers and his sisters who were living in Ephesus. Let me read that word of God to you one more time. I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would give these young people the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that they would know Jesus better. We just took the words right out of God's mouth, didn't we? Now here's why this is such a great prayer. Not just for you, but for all of us. Graduated from high school. Now you're really seriously beginning the process of undertaking to, to be on your own, entering into the adult world. Not that you haven't already started doing this before, but now I think there's a few unspoken expectations that those two people sitting on either side of you may have that now that you've graduated from high school, you'll get a job and start supporting yourself, or you'll get into college and pursue a degree which will enable you to get a job which will enable you to support yourself. Either way, you're going to be stepping out more on your own, aren't you? Yeah. That can be an especially dangerous time for your faith, for our faith. Because what might happen to you is the same thing that happened to Adam and Eve. There they were, in the Garden of Eden, put there to live and carry out God's plan for their life. You could kind of say that really now where we find them in Genesis chapter 3 is it's, it's after their graduation from creation. And they're setting out now to, to work. And who do they encounter? The devil. 
And what does the devil try to do? He tests their faith. Did God really say? And he went on to try and put doubts and questions in their hearts and in their minds about what they knew to be true about God. And I think he will no doubt do the same to you. That as you step out on your own, he's going to test your faith. He's going to put questions out there. Is Jesus real? Is what you've learned and taught, been taught and, and come to believe as, as the truth, is it really the truth? He's going to do anything he can to raise doubts in your mind, in your heart. And his goal is to get you to leave your faith. The better you know Jesus, the better you will be able to handle those temptations of the devil. Because you'll be more deeply grounded in your faith in Jesus. Uh, Peter put it this way, grow in the grace and in the knowledge of your Lord. Keep growing, really, the, is what it says. Keep growing in the grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we're going to take the words right out of God's mouth. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. You know, here's one of the really exciting things, Kendall, about this time of life that you're entering now. It's kind of like, essentially, starting up on a road trip. Anybody here like to go on road trips? Oh. I love road trips. Yes. And it's great, but where are you headed? What's the goal? What's the direction of the road trip? We're praying ultimately for you that the direction of your life is heaven and the eternal life that you have there in Jesus. Pretty easy to lose sight of that, isn't it? I mean, everything else is temporal. Everything else is temporal, but this goal is eternal. And yet things can take on greater importance in our lives. We can get really busy with life. And the here and the now can cause us to forget the there and the then. And so we're praying, Kendall, for the very thing that God wants for you. That you know the direction in your life is heaven. That's why Jesus came. That's why he lived for you, died for you rose again for you is so you could have eternal life. 
And we want that to be what sets the compass, not just for your life, but for our lives as well. And the direction for our lives. And, and directs, Kendall, your choices and the path that you choose to take. And that you might have a better time of knowing that is your direction and keeping your sense of direction and keeping you headed in that direction. We also want to pray that God will surround you with people of a like mind and that you'll surround yourself with people of a like mind, people who are headed in the same direction you are headed in with the same values that you have. We're going to pray that you get to know Jesus better and better. We're going to pray that the direction of your life remains that of one headed toward glory in Jesus Christ and that all of your choices and your values and the path you take are in line with that direction. We're going to pray you keep your heavenly bearings. And we're going to pray that you're always aware of God's powerful presence in your life. Using God's own words for that prayer. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know his incomparably great power for us who believe. This is the reality of life in a fallen world. And you will all attest to it. There are times of loss. There are times of suffering. There are times of disappointment. There are times when none of it seems fair or right. Perhaps you've experienced that already. But I'll guarantee you, if you haven't, she will, won't she? Yeah. Do you remember these words that Jesus spoke from the cross? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? There's at least two ways to understand those words. One is to take them as face value, that Jesus there was expressing the truth at that moment, being in our place, suffering for our sins. He was getting exactly what we deserve for our sins. Sinners deserve to be rejected by God, to be no longer cared for by God, to be no longer thought of by God, to be cut off from God. That's what we deserve and that Jesus was simply expressing what he was going through at that moment. The other way is to see these words as Jesus being the announcement that of this psalm and saying, the one that begins with the words, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That psalm about the Messiah, I'm the guy. That that psalm is talking about. I'm the fulfillment of that psalm. And it described the suffering and what was going on inside of him. And in keeping with that understanding that Jesus was that psalm, that that psalm was about him, not necessarily that God had forsaken him. Listen to these words of Psalm 22 that tell us that even in those moments of intense suffering, 
Jesus was experiencing the powerful presence of his heavenly Father in his life. But you, O Lord, be not far off. O my strength, come quickly to help me. Deliver my life from the sword. Rescue me. And then a couple verses later in the psalm come these words. For he has not despised or disdained the suffering of the afflicted one. He has not hidden his face from him, but has listened to his cry for help. From you comes the theme of my praise in the great assembly. Jesus knew the powerful presence of his heavenly Father in his life in those moments, didn't he? Those intense moments of suffering. Kendall, we pray you will too. To borrow the words of yet another psalm and make them our own. For Kendall and our grads this day, for our kids and for our grandkids, we pray that the Lord will be your shepherd. That even when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you will fear no evil, for he will be with you. That he will set a table for you in the presence of your enemies. That his goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. And you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know, can't you just hear God saying, you took the words right out of my mouth. And may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.